Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back, creeps. Welcome back to the creep dive. Quick hello from Leanne in the post office in Dunleary. Hello, Leanne. Who recognised me. How are you, Leanne? And said, she was a listener. And I said, are you paying us on Patreon? No, I didn't. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you can she... give me your four euros up front here, Leanne. <laughs> hello, Please. Leanne. Lovely to see you. That's fucking gas, though, isn't it? That is awesome. I presume she just saw a woman who was 90% rotten and said, gotta be Jen. D-W-Y-E-R. What's that smell? What's that smell? Tis me. Welcome back. And we've had a few a few more Patreons. Thank you kindly. If you're paused about giving us your money. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, do it. Do it. Because you can go onto our Instagram at the creep dive and see the totes in some very, very hilarious situations. Cassie, <laughs> that was a great post. Thank you. Thank you. Um, review of the week. All right. Did you read this one? Go on. From the small Lebowski. Listened to the latest <laughs> episode name. in bed, a little drunk and laughed so much at Jen's retelling of a plane crash that I peed a little. Subsequently <laughs> fell asleep. Gold star. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> That's self-care. DM I us feel. and we'll send you a tote. Oh, small Lebowski, thank you. I did actually that listen back to last week's episode and I laughed at myself again. You I really, really laughed editing it together. <laughs> like, really laughed at it. And, I, and with the creep dive, I edited it on double speed to get it done quickly. So it sounded even funnier. So listening to yourself. It's self-care, Sophie. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I just thought, ah. Oh. I am a wit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was did sitting just outside. laugh my way through this woman's misfortune. Witherspoons in Black Rock. 
Don't go there. Weatherspoons? Weatherspoons. Withering. You know, <laughs> you know all the building work that's going on outside here, outside the studio? Yeah, where now? Down the laneway. Oh, yes. You know that's a new Weatherspoons. It's going to be an, 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 an like, emporium size. I'm going to have to move. It's very scary. It's an intense thing, but I got... Sorry, we're getting off kilter again. Right, my round was gin and tonic, vodka soda. Guess how much it was? Two euro fifty. Well, come on now. Uh, they're very competitive prices. Under Eight euro. six euro. What? What? That's irresponsible. Under six euro. So we were like, this place is shithole. We really got to go. And then kept getting rounds. Been like, our, it's we can't go. We can't go anywhere else. We can't, like it's yeah. Now I mean, it's, it's, it's you're just, saving money by sitting there. Yeah, mm. yeah. But you're also murdering culture i'm You're pretty sure I, I paid like seven euro for a pint on saturday whoa yeah it was well it was definitely close to seven euro in the higher six something could have got a bottle know. of ordinary foundation for so that if they're looking we're in the market for a sponsor <laughs> witherspoons i better get there witherspoons. witherspoons anyway here we are welcome back i am just actually uh, road testing the Ordinary Foundation. Oh, for Thanks for sake. asking. That's beauty influencer Sophie White. Um, now, y- you may notice that I look exceptional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I More than so. usual. Thank you. Applied at 7 a.m. So we're into hour 15 at least. Yeah. It is, you know what's annoying, like as a listener now? Talking about this? But they can't even see your face. <laughs> like there's better, no better for them. No better part them. of it that's enjoyable. They're just <laughs> I hearing. Could, well, I rub it off the mic. That's that's yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's okay. the sweet, sweet rub of a quality budget foundation. <laughs> what have we got this week? Okay. Creep of the week. Creep of the week. Anybody have one? I have the best creep of the week. Have you guys been following Eddie, as they insist on calling him in the states, Gallagher? No. no. This is the guy. He's a US Navy SEAL who was charged with murdering a ISIS militant teen and posing with the corpse. What? Oh dear. Yeah. And he just was found not guilty. What? Today. Oh, yeah. Why? How? It, well, he has photographic evidence of him with the corpse and got off. Yeah. God, the state is now, fucked, isn't And it? some bad, damning texts. Like? Like, yeah. Uh, I just killed a guy and took a photo with his corpse. Um, was he, sorry, was he in the war? Yeah. He was an so army. So he was deployed. And They're allowed to kill people, though, I thought. Well, accidental civilian death. Maybe. Accidental civilian death. There but, was quite a few uh, accusations leveled at this guy. Um, by his fellow, like, Navy SEALs. And so that's how it got to... But it didn't go to, um, like, a, a normal criminal court. The jur- jury was made up of military well, that's, personnel. They ch- that's and it was right. a jury of six. That's how they do it in the army. That's how they keep it all sealed up nice and tight. But, yeah, like, I mean, look, the guy was found innocent. We cannot say otherwise, but... I do think that he is categorically a creep for one thing, which is absolute fact and undisputed, which is that he took a selfie, basically, of him holding the teenage uh, dead militant by the hair and clutching a knife in his other hand. And he sent the image 
to one of his friends, accompanied by the text message, I got a cool story for you when I get back. Got him with my hunting knife. Jesus. Oh my God. The only thing that's missing from that sentence is the word bro. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. What age was the victim? Well, he's described as being teenage, so under 18. Uh, the um, officer, not officer, sorry, Eddie Gallagher is 40. He's got kids. He's a dad. Like, I just am horrified on so many levels. Um, they're obviously massively celebratory. Uh, we want to celebrate today. His wife, Andrea, has stated, I f- was feeling like we we're finally vindicated after being terrorized by the government. A, a government that my husband fought for for 20 years. So he's been found innocent. Can't stress that enough. Of he what has those been those? found. So he was charged with premeditated murder, which okay. is obviously like the massively problematic part. So he, sorry, was acquitted today of attempted murder in the wounding of two Iraqi civilians. So he was stationed at a sniper's perch a lot. Mm -hmm. And there was lots of like uh, kind of talk among like his um, like fellow seals that like, oh, Gallagher's like fucking rogue or whatever. And he's like sending shots into kind of abandoned buildings and kind of like basically like talking the talk of like, yeah. I don't, I don't care if there's collateral damage kind of thing like which then now is being kind of put down to like oh that's just that's kind of talk warrior talk that's men in battle you know so it's kind of madness but anyway and also I mean creep squared President Donald Trump had come out um, in support of him during the kind of trial and stuff where um you know, he was like, he's a good man. <laughs> well, uh. yeah. And so anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, he had, they had this ISIS militant teenager uh, being held captive. And it became basically a kind of a he said, he said. So there was kind of witness testimony that basically said that um, this guy, Eddie Gallagher, plunged a knife into the prisoner's neck. God. And... That, yeah, he died on their watch. But because it was like a trial without a crime scene and a trial without a body and a trial with basically hardly any actual evidence. Although they did test a hunting knife that was confiscated from this guy Gallagher and it did show like, D, like apparently it showed some kind of DNA of this an boy. Iraqi man, but not. Oh, not this specific this. one. Yeah, yeah. Necessarily. yeah. But then it was really, yeah. So anyway, that's the creep of the week for me. Oh, oh God. Sorry. Uh, happy that I shared that with you all. Thanks, Sophie. You're welcome. Hmm. Found hmm. innocent. Great. All right. that's great. Oh, God. I know. Anyway. Um, what size? Do I you love have? the way you all act like this. This is what we came here to do. I know. And you're all like, and you had to make it awkward. No, I know. It's true. <laughs> he is a creep. He wins. An innocent creep. Can't stress that enough. We mm. don't want no trouble. We don't want no legal action. Found innocent. So I creep. think that text and photo was in very disgusting taste. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. 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 Um, what do we have this week? Who's I think, got I mean, a creep? I have a, I'd say probably a midi. 
All right. Love it. I've got two middies. Cool. But I mean, sorry, we're doing... We're doing we're back to back. Back to backing. Uh, well, do I have midi. You want to hear it? <laughs> Give her a midi. Okay, yeah, let me okay. think of a BuzzFeed headline. So we do you, me, you, me. I've always gone, sorry, I always blast away first. No, just so I can like sit back and, and relax yeah, so you and can just enjoy your really Just undo the pants. Wait, hold on. Enjoy no, let's your just slogan tea. Have we, have we got enough for, we have enough for two. Yeah, I think you, we do. Because if everyone's I'll have two got, stories. Oh, you've got two, two stories. Yeah. Oh, even better. Okay. Lads, I think I have a splinter. Oh, give it to me. Where is it? Intimate position? No, thank God. TG. Jesus. Okay. Weird. On the body of your leg. It's on this knee. I was bending down, which was a mistake. No, I think it's okay, actually. Oh, okay. Okay, Who wants to go now? Um, Well, see, mine has been a little bit... Not rushed. I've read a lot about this story. Okay. Couldn't settle on a tale today. Did you ever creep yourself out with your stories? Totally. I've abandoned but, loads of them. Yeah, or it's just kept... I it's kept called rid- creepishay, and it's when you ricochet from creep to creep yes. and you never settle. Exactly. I did that, and I, I, I think I had given myself too much time to prepare today, so I was going into it confident, and I read so many stories and then was like too much this is too i was like i don't want to do another missing person who can't be found it disappears it just did something like that i don't want to do anything that gets too into murder because i'm just that's we're too not dark. always about that here i'm not really particularly into the paranormal stories so i strayed well, you're from wrong those about that. yeah so it just, just i read wrong. a lot and creep a shade creep a shade she creep a I walked in and she was like I just don't think I've got a story and I but basically I had, like, forced her to pick one I had about 40 tabs open of different stories oh. are you clear now on what you're going to tell I us? have a clear story now and I have a BuzzFeed headline alright let's go one family one road trip multiple journeys back home okay mm. Mm. it sounds like a Maeve Binchy novel it does sound it does, promising it's got a little it? You know, it's got a little binchy factor. Doesn't sound creepy. Mini Driver could maybe, uh, you know, put on a little accent for this. This is the tale of the Trump family. And this happened oh, wait, in no. yep, yep. Trump. T-R-O-M-P. Not, Not to be confused with, with the Trump family. Or any also other. Also famous. Any other Trumpy sounding families. So, um, in August 2016... Kevin Whitaker stopped to fill up his car at a, at, with gas because we're in Australia. Um, he was on the way to a doctor's appointment and he stopped at a petrol station near Goulburn, Australia. He filled up his Ford and when he set off again, he felt something kick the back of his seat. Oh, Had he been alone in the car? He, he was alone in the car. Fucking or he amazing. thought he was alone in the car. Freaked out. That really woke us up. Freaked out, he pulled over and he looked behind to see a woman lying on the floor of the back seat of his car. Oh he got God. out of the truck and a few minutes went by, but the woman, he kind of, I think he just like got out of the truck and was like giving her an opportunity to get out of the car. Was he still <laughs> at the gas station? No, he, he pulled driven, up. Okay. Driven off, right? Like, isn't that just your worst That's, nightmare? I mean, like, I, I, check, I, I never, have never stopped checking the back of no, the car. No, and I, I'm, there's nothing more terrifying to me than and this is during the day but nothing more terrifying than getting into a car at, at night, night time He's on your own especially him. when you're going from somewhere to your t- when you're driving home not all like this winter after when we were still creeping out of Jen's house I mm. used to get into my car after like I mean li- like 
you know, scouring the back seat and it's a station wagon, so I've got a very big boot to deal yes, with. Yes, yes. And like, I still wouldn't believe it. Just still be swiping an arm behind me every now and again at traffic lights. No, just my to God, check. I'd never throw I an arm not, behind me. But, but what I if would like grabbed your arm. Shine my it? um I'd shine my torch into the car before I get into it. Do you know? If it's really dark and it's creepy, yeah. Yeah. Used to be like the worst when I was younger and I had this Ford can. It was only like a two door car because <laughs> it just felt like so confined in it. Anyway. A question. Goldburn, Australia. Goldburn. So Australia Geo- is quite big. Just what kind of I love when you, I really do love when I preface the story with, with I haven't had much time to prepare and you come at me with the geography questions. Okay. I just Is it like a lonely stretch of highway? You know, the way like all of Australia is just this one long deserted straight road out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I think the locations locations will hopefully become clear. Um, It's as you get further into the copy paste. It's some distance from Melbourne. (laughs) As is everything. I am there. Right. (laughs) Okay. Picture this. Love it. Okay. Somewhere that's not Melbourne, but still in Australia. They're having a weird who's going to speak first okay slash react i think he gets out of the he gets out of the truck to give her an opportunity to get out right but um she's still there (laughs) almost half an hour goes by before she even moves again so she's just lying she's just lying there just lying open just blinking at him just presumably eyes open after half an hour she sits up and stares straight ahead Keith, panicked, asked her who she was. She said she didn't know. He asked her how she ended up in his truck. She said she didn't know. He rings the police, obviously. And it's another hour before the police arrive at the scene. Some distance from Melbourne. Yeah, An hour, I think we can assume. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, in that time, she's just sitting there staring, staring straight ahead the whole time. But then she offers Keith some money for any trouble he's she's caused him and he declines it. She was later identified as Rihanna Trump. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, And she, along with the rest of her family, had disappeared from their family home the day before. Where is everybody else? Okay, so the Trump family were, by all accounts, a very normal, hardworking household. It was Mark Trump, the father, who was 51. His wife, Jacoba, who everyone called Kobe, was 53. And they had established a successful red currant farm um, and an earth-moving business and their property in Sylvan on the outskirts of Melbourne. Earth-moving? So like diggers. big mines, big of- diggers and stuff. And one of the children, they have adult children, and one of them has like a truck leasing company and like a farm vehicle leasing company. So kind of Healy Rays kind. Yeah, of. I think they were just really into farming and like <laughs> all the. But yeah, I'd imagine, like you know, the way in Australia they're like massively vast farms. Yeah. Yes. So I'd say it's just all these um, diggers and stuff, but. So Mark and his wife, Kobe, and their three children, Rihanna, who's 29, Mitchell, who's 25, and Ella, 22, all very normal. They're described as working seven days a week, which isn't unusual for a farm. 
on the 29th of August, without any warning, all of them got into a car and just started driving north. What had happened was Mark convinced his family to take a kind of digital free road trip. So they left all of their phones behind except for Mitchell. And Mark was a nice man. Mark, is Mark the dad or is he one of the kids again? Mark is the dad. He's oh, 51. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He's young. Like, um, Mitchell, didn't, Mitchell didn't oblige his request to leave his phone behind and he took it. But when his mother discovered that he had his phone in the car, she, he, she insisted he throw it out the window. So about 30 <laughs> kilometers into the trip. <laughs> brutal. And she insisted he get rid of the phone. Do you remember your one from location, location, location? Christy. Ma- broke her child's iPad and everyone went mad. Oh, yes. What? Did she? Yeah. Um, so the family were driving in Ella. So Ella was the uh, youngest daughter, 22. They were driving Ella's Peugeot. And... Oh, it sounds like so close. Peugeot. It's kind of a small... Peugeot, like SUV. Small Peugeot SUV, it's described as. And the first day, they drove continuously for 800 kilometers. What? Until they reached... The New South Wales town of Bathurst. No stopping. Just to the west of Sydney. But at 7 a.m. on the Tuesday, which is... So they left on the Monday. On 7 a.m. on the Tuesday, Mitchell decided to leave the family. He was like, fuck this. Fuck you guys. So... Later this, that this day, holiday sucks. I think it was just leave the holiday. Or he was like, leave family? this holiday. All oh, right, okay. So he was gonna make his way home. Had enough. Yeah. Later that uh, Tuesday, the remaining four Tromps headed east from Bathurst to a popular tourist spot, the Janolin Caves. It was there that Rena and Ella also decided that they were going to part ways from their parents. They were not enjoying this road trip. Fuck this, <laughs> and they too wanted to go home. So they stole a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that TFW. Where was their Peugeot? You just really want to get the away from your parents. The parents still have the Peugeot. Okay. And the kids stole a so car. So the two sisters decide to steal a car. No, no. They had no history of being. No history of mental Hard working. Hard working. Normal families. No Good, history. of farm stock. Like their. Um, no police records of anything. No police records. No. How, like, how would you go about stealing a car? I don't know, but I imagine like they're—I don't know—they just found one open. I don't know how it works. Anyway, they get in the car and they drive south to the town of Goulburn. Right? Okay, so now we have a location. Goulburn is approximately between eight hundred kilometers and some other distance away from Melbourne, near <laughs> enough to Sydney. That side of Australia. Yeah, around there. Um, when they got to Goulburn, they reported their parents missing. We have a lot of Australian listeners. Sorry. We actually do. We actually in do. Melbourne. Yeah. So please. It's so. Just stick with me and don't correct me on my geography. I could have done some more research. There were maps in this story, but like you can't. I'm not going to sit there and do like a. That's fine. Cut an to the audio chase. ordnance survey map and be like it's four inches on a map away. It's all good. It's all good. It's all on the right hand side. As if, you're, if you're looking, as you're looking at Australia from the straight sky. on, it's all happening on the right hand side. Okay, we got it. We're cool. Um, so the two sisters reported their parents missing, and that's when the story starts making its way into the media because the Australian public become like absolutely enthralled by what how a family would become so separated and lost in their own country on a, what 
they thought was a driving holiday, <laughs> presumably that the family would have had some sort of plan. Um, and it was not remote territory. It was not. It's not like the Outback. They he were threw close. A phone out the window. They were close to large <laughs> enough awesome. towns during this whole thing. Put in the glove compartment if yes, you don't yes, want yes, him to yes, have yes. Your, the phone. Yeah. So surely. That's like Kirsty smashing the iPad. You're it's right. rage. It's a rage. I don't rage know if it's, I don't think this is. I don't think this is coming from rage, right? You don't gently throw an iPhone out a window. Imagine no, how she just good told it feels him to, to do throw it. Someone else's I don't know. It was an iPhone. It could have been Samsung. It. it could have been Nokia. I was 2016. Don't know what it was. Right. So they're still in Goulburn. They've just reported their parents missing. And then Rena and Ella decide that they too shall part ways. So they parted ways at the petrol station. When Ella said, who remember was only 22 at the time, said she wanted to go home to feed her horses. So she became the first family member to be located when she arrived back at the family farm on Tuesday night and found the police there. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how Ella made her way home. I'm presuming she drove the stolen car home because it was Rena then who was found in the back of the truck yeah. at the petrol station. Still no sign of the parents. Still no sign of the parents. Do Mitchell, they know they've been reported missing at this point? I don't think so. Mitchell, They're like having a driving holiday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but their Mitchell kids aren't then, ki- kids. I mean, they're, they're in their adults. 20s. Yeah. They're in their 20s, right? Mitchell then arrives home after Ella the following morning having taken a series of trains to get himself back home. No he problem. had a thousand K to cover, didn't he? Yeah, about that, yeah. Jesus. This so, is really reminding me on a grander scale of one of our ill-fated family uh, birthday dinners where everyone left at different points throughout the meal due to um, rage. And yeah. Now that's what is, happens on family... We only had two miles, I suppose, to cover <laughs> to get home. Look, imagine but being tr- in your 20s, being in a car hard. with your family for that length of time. Yeah. Shit happens. Absolutely not. Um, I would not let that happen. So yeah. Mitchell and Ella appeared to be reasonably fine mentally. With the same could not be said of Rena. So she had entered into a cat- catatonic state. Why? Saying she didn't know her name, didn't know where she was, didn't know who she was, didn't know how she got there, didn't know why she was there. So police obviously started investigating. They get to the they get to the house to investigate, and they find the passports, credit cards, mobile phones, everything left behind. And they re, it, it just indicated that this was to be a cash only, totally untraceable, off the grid kind of trip. Little suspicious, or yeah, yeah, or they were going somewhere they didn't need earthly belongings. It became apparent that Mark and Kobe had been suffering from increasing signs of stress and paranoia. Um, one of them, we're not sure who, had been convinced that someone was out to kill them and take their money. So they decided to leave all their credit cards at home. <laughs> they just to decided to flee. It, <laughs> it wasn't a, like they just decided to completely flee. Um, as media interest grew and the search continued and the search widened, Mark and Kobe started driving back towards Melbourne from the caves. Um, then a day later on Wednesday, 600 kilometers south of the Victorian town of Wangaratta. Never heard of that. Good attempt. Thank you. They too decided to part ways. <laughs> they had a row, obviously, then. 
I don't know. I think this was plan. I think they were so utterly convinced then that someone was coming to get them. Oh, they decided they were to split, split up. up. So whoever was chasing them wouldn't get the whole family. But why would then they individually make their way home? That whoever was because chasing them I should I think that the parents were pushing this. Uh, the parents okay. were pushing the idea that someone was out to get them all and the kids just were like, what? And they started stealing cars, going into <laughs> states of distress and getting trains back home. Um, and reporting their parents missing so that somebody would come and intervene. The, the, yeah, I yeah. think that... And like Ella and Mitchell were the two who seemed to be the least affected by I think they were most aware that something bizarre was going on. Kobe decides to start heading north again. The mum. Yeah. Unsure how. And she was found again the next day, 350 kilometers away, um, just wandering around the streets in an agitated state. She was taken to hospital there and later moved to a hospital in Goulburn where she was reconnected with Rihanna um, and the two of them were given mental health treatment in Goulburn. Mark had stayed in Wangaratta and he was pulled over or caught by the police after he was tailgating a young couple. And then he was seen running away from the Peugeot. Um, then police kind of connected him to a number of break-ins in the town, including in a motel, though it's, I don't think he's ever been charged with that and it's been unclear whether they were connected, but I think there was suspicion that he was like wandering around, running out of the Peugeot, breaking into places. Um, he, was, he wasn't found until six days after the episode began when he was just again wandering the road but sure um, he was the one with the car yeah but he he got out of it and he fleed when he was d- when they were the chasing car. him for tailgating that couple <laughs> what a thing to lose your car over the only thing that you have going for you yeah the fact that you have this car and then you just got into a bit of tailgating and now you don't even have the car anymore but it, I guess it suits in a way if he was like, okay, I'm going to lose this car. They they know the car. If he thinks yeah. he's being chased. And he might have become aware then that there was like a Actual lot of media suspicion and police around the time. Because I, I actually remember this story. you just explode in, in your mind. You'd be like, yep, here we go. Yeah, I remember yeah. this. I remember this story at the time getting media attention of this strange family road trip gone wrong and what was going on. And people were like, everybody in fucking Australia was looking for this family. Um, so he was questioned by the police six days after assessed by a mental health officer and then he was released into the care of his brother who was a police officer and he was uh, photographed showing the finger to <laughs> police and photographers as he was driven away um, if he, ever you're arrested do don't that. do that don't do oh, that I they do it no, why? no like if there's a lot of publicity around, I mean you just look like a dick mm. do a shadow puppet um, <laughs> without it, just no shadow. With no shadow, what? <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. Doberman. <laughs> just do a little Queen's way. Um, so he later released a statement apologizing for the hurt and concern caused by the incident, but events, but didn't say anything more than that. Um, investigating police officer from their district, from Sylvan, described it as the most bizarre case he'd seen in thirty years. And Sergeant Mark Knight, who knew the family, said they had no diagnosed mental health problems. 
There was no evidence of drug taking. Um, as some theories had suggested, they had no debt and they did not belong to any religious groups. Love that that's, a, that's thrown that's in there <laughs> as a suspicion. Good on you, it's not religious. Um, <laughs> they just described it as a massive meltdown. So, But for everybody in the family. It's one of those cases of folie de. Did they test their house? Our fave. For so carbon, carbon monoxide. They tested their, they were, they were suspicious that the family became affected by chemicals that they were using on the farm. But um, Mitchell and Ella, they, so, so about six months after this incident, one of the children came out and said they do think that their father was having a breakdown. Okay. And that's what it was. And that they all just went into it. Mitchell later said that he went along with the whole thing because he was concerned for the safety. But a couple of days after it all started dying down, Mitchell and Ella spoke to the press. So the two who seemed less affected, the two to return home first. Mm. Um, they said, Mitchell said, I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word in it. But they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. It was a buildup of different normal day, normal everyday events, just pressure and slowly it got worse as the days went by. Um, the media reports suggest that they'd been affected by chemicals on the farm um, and that they had or had shared collective delusions. So and they're all back now? They're all back in the house. Um, Ella said, I can see everyone's questions. I can see why they want to know, but it's a family matter. I just want the family to be able to come back together and everything to work itself out. Um, and then she said, I still feel confused. I think our state of minds weren't in the best place. And they later then said if we tried there was a really good quote it was like if you if we tried to explain it to you you wouldn't believe it oh Ooh. for god's sake damn you don't leave us like that so that's it that's the trump's family holiday holiday but yeah it was huge that is huge it's kind of like but if know, that happened in our i mean our i know australia is much bigger but the population in terms of the cities isn't Sorry, I could be talking absolute <laughs> shite here. Probably is. It's never mind. <laughs> Just yeah, whoa. But that's it, and there's nothing else, and we don't have any other follow-ups, and it, it's we all don't sort have of other, other follow-ups is, except uh, the suggestion that um, the father Mark is having a breakdown. But it doesn't describe why, why they all continually went off, and why Ella and Rena decided to. S- to split up and what happened to Rhea then the back comatose in the back of the car so she received medical attention in Goldburn and was reunited with the mother and then they were brought back home so we haven't heard from her which which sounds as we've if only she ever heard been indoctrinated further yeah exactly so this is when you when you are researching cases of folia do this is one of the biggest cases that comes up that they believe that it was just a shared psychosis this is family experience what is the def, def, what does that mean folia do it's uh, the crazy the of two, of the madness two. of two. Yeah, but it is just where you share a delusion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Erickson sisters that we covered. That's right. Are you ready for my story? Oh yes. Okay, okay let's let me do think a now. Story. Oh, what's that over there? <laughs> oh, it's my treasure. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. Treasure. That's not. That's not a good one. I'm going to tell really you. Are with you, Jen. I'm going to tell you about the last eunuch. Of course you are. <laughs> In China. Okay. So the Chinese dynasty 
had a terrible habit. It wasn't a habit, it was a thing. They they got eunuchs to kind of be... A lot of the time they looked after the female dynasty people. Okay. Because they they had no dicks, so they couldn't do harm in the dick. Huh? So they couldn't put the dick in. So, so they were kind of seen as these kind of neutral, safe people who could be trusted. Yes. Because they weren't, you know, led by their desires. Now, do, eunuch. Do you know what a eunuch is, Cassie? Mm-hmm. I, I watched Game need, of Thrones. Well, I might yes. need a bit of clarification. I thought a eunuch was something Castrated. to do with the balls rather than them not having a penis. Well, um, back in the Chinese dynasty days, they just walloped the whole thing off. Really? Do you want to hear a, th- a thing about that? Of course I do. So they they would cut... It, oh, God, it's desperate. What days are the Chinese dynasty, by the way? So 1900s. Gotcha. This, so I'm going to tell you this this guy's story. Okay. I'll go back to the thing now that... That I was going to say. Desperate. What was so it? it's a bold and dick slice you, uh, with in, and then putting in a quill uh, into the urethra hole. So that the so uh, if you think about it, around it, exactly. Ah, I mean, it's a disaster. It's not great. Not recommended. <laughs> um, but then, of course, Dick was gone, and so were the balls. So testosterone, etc., ceased. Right. So they'd sort of so eunuchs. And was I it guess, a voluntary kind of mission? Well, they would do this to children. You know how in Ireland and sometimes back in the day, if you had a lot of children, you would sort of decide that one was to be a priest yes it was sort of like choosing one okay and then sacrificing his dick and balls in the hope that he would rise into kind of the status a good position yeah with the kind of royal guys fascinating Hmm. so this is a fantastic article from the la times and uh by Barbara Den- Denmick-Nick. Oh, I don't fucking know. I'm terrible with names. Barbara Demick. Demick. Taking the mick. Okay. Sun Yauting was eight when his father castrated him with a single swoop of a razor. Jesus. Tis my understanding that I'm not sure whether he was left with a dick or not. Maybe, maybe that will become clear. Can't remember. Oh the year God. was 1911 and China was in turmoil. Just a few months later, rebels disposed the emperor overturned centuries of tradition and established a republic. So, disaster, because... Now, you see, it wasn't even any feckin' good that so, they had a eunuch in the family. Correct. So the father said, oh, Our boy has suffered for nothing, weeping, beating his hand on his breast when he heard that the emperor had been overthrown. I love his phrasing there. They, Our boy has suffered. Nothing to do with me. No, no. It, you it's know. just independently happening over there. Sad. 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 Um, so they didn't need eunuchs anymore. So, But little did he know that the child nevertheless would earn a place in Chinese history. The imperial court was... Uh, over. Over. Uh, but not over enough. Was resuscitated long enough to give Sun, this guy's a chance to serve the wife of the boy emperor, Pui. P-U-Y-I. Pui? Mm. We'll go with that. A position that gave him distinction of being the last eunuch to last to the last Chinese emperor Ooh. so after the communists it's came got to a power ring to it if you can't be the first be the last well rather be the no I'd rather be the first so then you'd have a few eunuch pals you don't want to be like the eunuch unicorn 
the only guy in the the only eunuch in the village exactly yeah I mean what are, who are you going to rub quills against with so is the quill still in there to help the wee wee get out I thought the quill no. was removed after it healed we could maybe oh, it depends on the healing area doesn't it anyway Jeez. so after the communists came to power in 1949 just a piss after you have a baby oh. I'd say that's searing searing pain oh it's so it's literally like pouring vinegar on a gash fire that's actually just what's happening you have a gash and it's just some hot acidic fucking fluid just acid piss just rushing over it yeah jeez women and like there's no end to our suffering really okay sorry where was I here Communists came back to power in 1949. Sun and other surviving units were... Dis- they were dis- unit? Eunuchs. Okay. Were despised as freakish symbols of the feudal past. So he kind of then started to represent... The old ways. Yeah, which was kind of... A backwards kind of exactly. imperialism. Exactly. So he was nearly killed during the Cultural Revolution in the Jesus. late 60s. His siblings were so fearful of per- persecution that they threw away his what bow or treasure... Um, and this was his severed genitals <gasps> in a pickle jar. Oh so the thing God. about eunuchs is they are, when they're died, they're they're buried with their shriveled genitalia so that they would be buried whole. So in the afterlife, to, I guess. They get to get, get, have it back. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it was not until the final years of his life that son was recognized as a rare living um man of history so a biography based on the hours of interviews in the years before his death in 1996 was recently translated to English uh, the book arrives as a museum dedicated to the book lives in so in a museum dedicated to eunuchs built around the tomb of a 16th century eunuch that's how fucking long this that was going this on is nuts. and he lived till the mid 90s 96 yeah amazing so uh, anyway so that's that's where his book is so where the interest in pure the the thing about eunuchs were and he goes on to write a book I'll talk about that in a minute but because of his their position they had, they were kind of the holders of these ma- of secrets of everything they were in the kind of the handmaids of the like exactly mm. like Game of Thrones what's his name ma- eunuch man in Game of Thrones so emasculation was thought to render eunuchs non-persons without ambitions or ego so that their presence in the innermost sancti- sanctum-, sanctum of the imperial palace did not violate the emperor's pri- privacy. Isn't yeah. that interesting? So the eunuchs were very mysterious and in some ways more interesting than the emperors themselves, said Sun's biographer. Uh, so Jin, the biographer, met Sun when he was researching a book about Pui, that emperor, yeah. and recorded a hundred hours of conversation with him. So the biography is called The Last Eunuch of China. And it contains everything you might want to know about gruesome particulars of becoming a eunuch, along with uh, stuff you don't necessarily want to know. So it's, he's, he details his, how his father did that. So desperate. Suffice to say, the boys that went through, went through the process um, were in excruciating pain without the benefit of anesthesia. anesthesia oh. Other than chili peppers in some cases. So they believed if you... Like chewed on very, I guess in a way it would sort of just distract your mind. Oh my God. So in addition to a lifetime of impotence, um, they often suffered incontinence in exchange for entry to the palace. So that implies they did have a dick. 
Some of them. Does it? Incontinence. Impotence. So Sun was unusual. Inspired by an older eunuch from his village who had become rich, he decided for himself that he wanted to follow this path. There you go. At eight. At eight. But then the emperor was disposed and the castration had left him too weak for farm work. The emperor retained the trappings of power in the Forbidden City. However, Sun came to Beijing at age 14, still wearing the pigtail of Chinese boys at the time. He got a job with one of the emperor's uncles and later with Poi's wife, that emperor. So he followed the imperial family to Manchuria after Poi was installed in 1932 as puppet emperor of Japanese colonial state known as uh, Mankyuto. Do you recognize that? Mm-mm. So Sun was privy to the court's innermost secrets, the opium addiction and out of wedlock pregnancies of the emperor's first wife and the emperor's ambivalence of his own sexuality. Uh, Sun later told his biographer that Poi was less interested in his wife than a particular eunuch who looked pretty, who he said looked like a pretty girl with his tall, slim figure, handsome face, creamy white skin. He recalled that the two were inseparable as body and shadow. How interesting. Mm. So after the communists came to power, many of the eunuchs became penniless outcasts. A few drowned themselves in the moats of the Forbidden City. Sun, one of the few who is literate, got a job as a caretaker of a temple where he lived until his death. The recollections of an adopted son and grandson together with the biography make him one of the most documented eunuchs of modern times. God, it's yeah. so nice that he adopted a son. It is. I mean, so but that's... like, whoa. So the eunuchs are part of a long Chinese tradition that continues to this day in which the regular people had nothing, had to do anything. So anybody, I mean, it was seen as a major honour. And, and it is totally bizarre. It's this weird mysticism that surrounded them, much like mm. the Game of Thrones thing, where he's sort of seen as some. What is he in Game of Thrones? Is he like a fortune teller or mm, he's like yeah, secret always. keeper? They call him? I mean, I've watched it all. I'm going to be shamed now for this. Uh, I'm probably the most passive Game of Thrones watcher in all the world. For fuck's sake! He's like a smart guy. Yeah, he knows <laughs> lots of stuff. He's like an advisor. Kind of like Data in Star Trek. Yeah, never yeah. seen it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to relate so this back to something I know. Yeah. Because I've never seen a frame of Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's like, yeah, all wise, all knowing. Yeah, guy. trusted. Secret keeper, I think they, they call I think him. so, yeah. But yeah. I suppose it must be connected in with the kind of like, like, uh, you know, vow of celibacy that... Monks and priests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like, if you remove this kind of earthly obsession, you're left with like a higher kind of wisdom and... Sad in a way that some of the priests didn't kind of go down that road. I mean, it would have saved... Just can lop it off I mean okay <laughs> but the, uh, would have saved a lot of misery She's but I wonder like without any of the kind of without any of your the hormones like testosterone like what would drive you would you I mean would it would you have some clarity would you be sort of female in your thinking it'd be interesting to interview you no no because like geez it'd just be you'd just be living this like completely isolating like really like unique experience that <laughs> there's oh yeah that there's just nobody else has any kind of blueprint for what you go through like yeah. it's Jesus it sounds like the saddest thing in the world I do you know what we must I must look into as well but all the gossip the castrados the gossip sounds mighty this is a good the one the castrados yeah, yeah. Ki- it's to keep their voices high that's right it? and I think there's one recording left of a castrado let me see if I can get it uh 
that's right. So again, I think this is, is this Catholic intertwined? The castratos? Yeah, because were they singing in... Well, are Italians are mad for Catholicism. All right, here we go. Here's... This guy's in his 40s. You can see a picture of him. And this is his voice. Any minute now. There kind you of go. Beautiful. Well, it's like a prepubescent soprano, boy soprano. Do you know who also can sing like that? A woman. <laughs> I mean, really so and truly. Churchy, isn't it? How yeah. far are they going to go to just be, just deny us? Just hire a lady singer. But anyway. Why, when you could get a man. Uh, so that's another interesting story. Uh, I'm just so sad for the eunuchs right now. I just feel like, Jesus. I know. No palace gossip is worth that life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. We don't know the goss. Like his alternate life was working in the field. I mean, hard labor. Well, that's an interesting point. Yes. So it's not like they were... Imagine the Instagram of a eunuch. Yeah. In imperial China. Like... Eunuch loves the gas. Yeah. <laughs> so that guy actually. <laughs> but imagine like Eunuch Synonymous, like someone who started leaking the gas. Oh, yeah. Like, um, like. What's Eunuchs what unveiled. Was the Emperor unveiled. <laughs> yeah. The Emperor's new eunuch. Or like, <laughs> do you remember the Secret Archie producer on Twitter? Yes, I love that. <laughs> the Secret Archie eunuch would be excellent. <laughs> I just want to correct what we just. That guy who we just heard, Alessandro. Moreshi or Morshishi, I don't know. Uh, it, it it's saying here it is possible that he was born with an uh, with a type of hernia for which castration was thought at the time to be a cure. Nineteenth century Italy. So there's a suggestion he wasn't castrated for this reason. Okay. Um. So he wasn't just trying to steal our jobs. No, no, no. But anyway, yes, Christian, Catholic, fabulous. There you go. Amazing. That's my uh, dick and balls chit chat. Love Thank it. Thank you. I feel like a nice plate of coddle after that. There you go. Um, what do you have for us? away the treasure. I know. I know. That's like fucking real. That's worse than Joe's manuscript in the fire. I have both like, of my children's um, umbilical cord clips that have a bit of flesh still in them. Do you? I do. Yeah. Interesting. But sure, why wouldn't I? Of all the people that would keep that, that would be me. That would be you. And can I tell you, human flesh, it shrivels to absolutely nothing. Yeah, sure, the shrunken heads. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what that dick and balls is going to look like, but not satisfying. Well, especially of an eight-year-old. There you go again. you're already looking, you've got a kind of a very small starting point, shrivel down to a raisinette, I would say. Uh, Yes, that's it. So, yeah. I mean, if you were looking at it, it could get lost in the bottom of that jar. You'd just be like, here, unless the jar got reused for something else. But it's pickled, else. wait, it's pickled. So keep it plump, probably. No, I think it was a pickled jar. Oh, it was a pickle. Mm. <laughs> would they pickle it? I Hardly. Was, I was picturing it pickled. That would be a better idea. Yes. Maybe they did. Okay. Oh, pickle penis. Well, that's, yeah. Peter Pickle, pick up a pickle penis. What's that tongue twister again? Peter Piper picked, picked a, a pickle. Pickle, 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 pickle. Pickle, 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 pickle,
Well done. It actually would sound horrible on a podcast because pa 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 Okay, now which one to go with first? Anyway, what do you have? Buzzfeed headline. Damn, pickled pecker could have been my one. Pickled pecker. I know. Really missed a trick there. Should have looked. Should we just go like insert that back in? No. The magic of editing. Be so much more impressive if I didn't just like stick it straight up. Yeah. <laughs> we could do amazing things. <laughs> oh, the things Cassie could do. <laughs> Wasted away. Okay. Mm. <gasps> Jen, is this a recent? It's quite recent. Yeah. Oh, I know this. I, I bet you both do because it's very recent and there ain't no way. Some mega creeps like ourselves. Do you have the video? Obsessed. Oh. Oh, what? No, no, I, I, don't, have, I don't have any video connected to this. Well, we better get going. In case we might be on two different. I think we're on. Well, but you're gonna you're gonna come around. Okay. Okay. So, this is the story of a very well-to-do English couple. Well, actually, they weren't English at all. Sorry. They <laughs> not were even they one of them was English. <laughs> one was Swedish. <laughs> and the other was American but they what? lived in, in England, England. Okay. and they'd gotten married in England and their whole lives were kind of in, in England, England. Okay. okay so and they were both this story is very much about how two heirs do not make a right so they're both heirs to separate massive fortunes so Ooh. we've got Hans Christian not Anderson, Anderson. Rousing, don't know why. <laughs> Giving it a little German twang there. Um, Hans Christian Rousing. So he was born in the early sixties, and he was the son of a packaging businessman, Hans Rousing, better known perhaps as Stephen Sellotape. <laughs> <laughs> no, first name Tetra. Oh, second name Pack. Pac. <laughs> yeah. Not actually. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Actually. His name is Tetra, but also Pack. Tetra Pack. Did you never know that Tetra Pack was just a guy's name? It's just Pack happened to be his name. <laughs> Am I? You're lying to me. <laughs> Are Cassie's you confused. Tetra Pack. <laughs> that was the company. Was it? It was the company. His name was Hans Rousing. His son's name was Hans Christian Rousing. So anyway, Hans Christian Rousing. Son of Tetra Pak. The owner of Tetra Pak. What about Cello Tape? <laughs> yeah. Tape does it happen to be a second name. <laughs> well, yeah. He was That's what gave him the Cello idea. Tape, and he was yeah. like, I should get into tape. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Genius. It's like my new career is a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> new. <laughs> okay. So, as a kind of a young heir to a fortune um, Hans Rising went he didn't go into the family business went travelling on the family dime and got heavily addicted to drugs oh, wasted I mean, fortune well where now which type um, I mean cocaine and probably heroin and that kind of very expensive types <laughs> The very expensive, very life-fucking types. So he 
ended up in rehab in like by the late 80s, early 90s. So he was in his 20s, late 20s. Handsome? Um, uh, kind of haunted looking, even at 20 something at his wedding. He was a bit startled. Right. Because he, he was high. I think he was sober. He was on his sober. wedding day because he'd met his wife in rehab. In rehab. They oh. say that's not allowed. The rule is no sex or relationships in the first year. But I think that these rules were made to be broken <laughs> and love shall conquer all. Did they meet there? They met then... there. They maybe waited the requisite 365 days and then boned. Maybe. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But they got sober together and they... Hard task. Had you ever... I quit smoking with Dan. Neither of us would (sighs) actually quit. We were just living a lie. (laughs) Smoking behind each other's back. Folly adieu. A shared delusion that you were both quit. Boom. Boom. Call back. Um, I even remember Dan quitting smoking. It was the most annoying period of my life. Um, So they got married in the early 90s, in 1992. Nice, very kind of, uh, like, even though they were mega rich, um, they had quite a, like, reasonable wedding. I mean, it's 1992, so, like, nothing looked great in 1992. But there wasn't any Instagram. Even the weddings of millionaires looked quite shit because it was 1992. But his wife, Eva Kemeny, was, you know, by all accounts, very beautiful and very intelligent and conscientious, even though she'd had her problems, obviously, with addiction. Um, She was rich because she was the daughter of, um, so she was an American family and she was the daughter of Tom Kemeny. Kemeny. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So he is a Pepsi company executive. Oh. So doing quite well. Quite well. And the two, um, Hans and Eva, settled in London um, and in Barbados. They split their time uh, between like this mansion in Belgravia in London. Belgravia. Which was, uh, is it not Belgravia? No. You sure? I don't know. But what if, we, if, you say it it, if you say it in an English accent, hang on. Belgravia. Belgravia. No, it's Belgravia. Okay. I feel like it's Belgravia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> win. with yeah. 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 So it was two mansions side by side that they bought and knocked in together into one. It is stunning. Stunning piece of real estate. Divine. No in need of, uh, you know, renovation. Why? Or in need of a modernization. Beautiful. Anyway, they lived for very happily for, you know, 10 years. They had four kids. That's a lot. It's a lot. Um, they were in with a very kind of like high society crowd in London in the 90s. Great friends of Prince Charles. But there you go. And they were philanthropists. So they basically, their kind of jobs were investing, not investing, sorry, donating money to charitable causes. And they had a lot of um, connection to drug awareness um and addiction prevention causes. Okay. So they didn't forget their roots. And then what happened? <laughs> so they do, between them, they donated millions of pounds to these charities. But according to friends, they were very low key about their philanthropological uh, do, the, doings. The old, 
Belgravia double mansion. The double mansion pals with Prince Charles. Low key. And they even built a rehabilitation center in Barbados um, during this time. And so they now, I guess, had like a good 15 years of sobriety behind them. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? What indeed? So sadly, in 2008, Eva was caught trying to smuggle drugs into, of all places, the U.S. Embassy in London. Where, how now, upper fanny or something? Just literally heroin in her bag. Right. You really quite To be honest, though, it's probably the smartest thing to do. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) Never mind. To just go straight for the the handbag. Like, no, no, like, don't be going in there walking funny. Just brass neck it in. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, if you're going to shoplift, just carry it in your hand yeah. and stroll out the door. Just but don't shoplift, guys. Exactly. It's not confidence. Cool. Just for confidence, yeah. Who was she bringing it to? I think for personal use. What was so she? they How had did they find it? a relapse. How did they find it? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, why did they search her back? a lot of security at a party at a U.S. embassy. And I think that it was just like routine. And then it was Bag like... checking when you go into an embassy, yeah, of course. Yeah. Quite like, embarrassing okay. that this big London society, you know, philanthropist, do-gooder, one half of a very well-to-do couple, mother of four. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but they uh, were lenient that time and she got off with just a caution by police. And friends later actually lamented this uh, leniency, saying that it maybe... It could have been an opportunity to... It, it could have turned things around, maybe kind of scared her straight. This is not my story. This isn't your story. I don't this know not this not the one I either. thought I knew. I think it's you're going to recognize it soon. Okay. Okay, so let's r- roll forward to... Correction, I know it. Okay, yeah, I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> knew it so um, that was in 2008 that she was caught and given the caution so in July 2012 Hans was arrested after he was um, driving erratically around Wandsworth South mm. London and he from memory now Hans was looking like a bit of a madman there was point. um yeah there was photographs taken in the weeks before this looks like a guy without even a single mansion he does look mansionless never yes. mind double mansion well he looks scruffy and disheveled and like they both were I suppose even in the good times they look thin they look like you know they look like they're drug users yeah well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's debatable how much they were using drugs. I think through the 90s, it seems like they were clean um, and sober. But anyway, yes, in July 2012, Hans wasn't like in spiffing shape. And he was driving erratically when police pulled him over and found large amounts of post addressed to Ava, his wife, plus just the crack pipe in the footwell of the vehicle and fair whack of cocaine, morphine, temazepam and diazepam in his body. Body. I mean, bring the drugs inside your body, I guess, is one way to not have them be caught in the handbag. 
But yes, and he was she- on a fuckload of drugs. Why was he driving the post around though? So when he was asked where Ava was and why he was driving her post around, um, hands welled up oh and said that she'd gone to California. So the hands, police were hands, like, hands. hands, where's hands. Ava? Where's Ava? So they went and conducted a search of his six-story home in Belgravia. And um, they had, they did have some staff, but they actually weren't kind of millionaires with a kind of a massive fleet of staff, do you know mm-hmm. that kind of way? But the police noticed that um, these two staff members were a bit shifty and hesitant when the police tried to access this kind of annex on the second floor. A lot of potpourri around. Mm-hmm. Just a bit of incense burning and... Well, um, the prosecutor, James O'Connell, noted, um, quote, officers took the lift up to the second floor. As you do. Lift. Uh-huh. In your six-story Belgravia double mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they did so, they noticed a smell indicating to the officers that there may be a decomposing body there. Oh. They say it's an unmistakable smell. I've never they say. It. When you smell a dead guy or gal, there's nothing else it could be. I don't know why it's unmistakably human flesh. Why isn't it? I'd say there's something in it that just repels us on like a kind of like almost just molecular level. We're so repelled by it. Like I think instinctively, like our animal brain knows that it's smelling one of its own. I see. Just an enormous. That's what I feel. Nope. Nope. Yep. Nope. Potpourri <laughs> can cover Not this. Not enough potpourri. Okay. So they noticed a room which had been sealed by locks and the use of <laughs> gaffer tape. Uh, what the fuck was that? Sub- oh, was that sealing in the smell? I betcha. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. On entry, it was discovered in a very untidy state. I think that may be the understatement of the century, by the way. It was like a fucking degradation hellhole inside this room. There was a bed and on top of it, a pile of clothes and other material. And under this pile of clothes, there was a body in an advanced state of decomposition. What are we talking? There had also been some deodorizing powder sprinkled around and on top of the body which did approximately nothing bicarb oh maybe that might have been a better shout (laughs) better shout bicarb i think that probably was it (sighs) deodorizing powder yeah they often it's just well yeah it's good for fridges (laughs) Mm. okay so So who would have done that now what did the staff know did he put her in there to try and the staff knew right. that Ava and Hans had had a cataclysmic relapse. Well. Together. To, I'm sure. Okay. Together. So they basically ha- kind of had holed themselves up in this one section of the house and wouldn't allow anyone come near them. What about their, what age were their children at this? Like, I think that their children have been very much protected in the media coverage of this story. Right. Like there's barely a shred of information about them. But Not they even could age. only be, I'd say, teens. Fuck. At oldest. Okay. 
um, just going off the actual. I mean, no. I mean, sorry, twenty twelve. They got married, so they were married twenty years. They could so, be, oh, late teens. But they, their identity has actually been really protected. But would they not have sounded the alarm after not hearing from their mother? No, I guess not. Maybe they, nobody did. Maybe they're sort of whisked away to some Barbados and yeah, and family. And, and, and mother was sick and she can't come to the and phone. And she had been in the states the month before this. Oh, she, okay. she actually had. So she, we're talking weeks. Yeah, she hadn't been seen in weeks. Okay, and um, so uh, the so judge is it liquefied or what stage are we at after weeks of? Oh, they could only identify her body on based on a serial number that was on the pacemaker she'd had fitted for heart problems. Oh, wow. oh my God. They could, they, the flesh had kind of peeled oh, back. Just. Weeks is not that I long mean, though. It's summer in London. Wow. It's July. Right. It's under a pile of feckin' clothes. You know there's a few fucking fur coats on top there, I'd say. What happened? She just OD'd and he just started firing post on top of her. So... Doing the laundry on her. Oh, yeah. So basically, they, it seems, according to his testimony, that they had relapsed um, when on New Year's, oh, they right. had had a big party. Decided, they'd had a glass of champagne. One glass of champagne was the straw that broke the camels. Now, it was a few years before. Oh, this is when the so, relapse started. Yeah, the relapse had started on the eve of the millennium. So this is 12, Tra- 12 two years. years before. So they oh, basically okay. got like about 11 years of sobriety together. She was having children during that time then. They, mm, mm, not no. positive about that, okay. but yeah. And they seem to have had a kind of a dual um, descent back Sorry, into she died addiction. In, she died in 2012. Yeah. So they had 12 years of like non-sobriety yeah hidden. yeah hidden but oh well obviously not that hidden like because in 2008 she got caught with the uh heroin, heroin in the handbag now to look at photos of them they're not doing a marvelous job no <laughs> at disguising themselves yeah as sober people no not good but when you're so well off i guess nobody's who what are your your staff are going to start calling you they up? had a skeletal staff Sorry. No, that's <laughs> sorry. Sorry, oh it was a good sorry. one. They had very limited amounts of staff. They had so little staff contact. with limited amounts of English, presumably. I guess they. That's possibly true as well. Um, they were basically like a kind of reclusive. Like by the time Ava was caught in two thousand and eight with her heroin in her handbag, this was Hans. The, I remember her, this had in the become news. a recluse because this oh. was the Amy Winehouse time. Yeah, and yeah, I remember it, it was that sort time. of that was sort of like the a lot of like news about this type of thing. Maybe it was like it was sort of trending <laughs> in there London. There did seem to be a lot of like drug related celebrity coverage around between say two thousand eight to like two thousand and twelve ish. That's right. Yeah. And I think that there's obviously a lot of like, well, they always obviously there's a lot of spotlight on the kind of upper classes. Yeah. And drugs uh, in the upper classes. But basically Hans had become completely reclusive, like around the time that Ava was caught with those drugs. And that was four years before she died. And I think from there, 
like everything had just like snowballed again snow I'm sorry okay and like by the end like uh, Ava was Hans's only real connection to the kind of outside world I think he had just gone so deep into this kind of shame and they had just they were just hiding the reality of their lives which was that they were living in these two squalid rooms in their double mansion like the rest of the house untouched unused and their entire days were lived out in complete squalor so how much that was like cashola, i wonder did they blow i actually don't have figures on that and did anyone pull the plug on them you know like if you're that rich you've got a whole team of people looking after mm. your money so they were obviously on an I allowance well, when um, I was saying Ava was in um, California, she was in the States like the month before she died. It was actually to meet with her financial uh, advisor because like the husband's lifestyle in particular had become so chaotic. So then basically the story is that um, she was home. They were together in their kind of section of the house and he realized that she was dead from overdosing and that he immediately became really numb and paralyzed. And he said later that he had like no recollection of the next kind of 10 to 12 hours. Mm. He didn't move her body. He, um, he basically went into a shock state and he said... Sorry. Uh, oh, that is sad, you know, because he didn't kill her. Yeah, no. You know, but are yeah. there are there not charges against not there's charges against not reporting a death? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what he was keeping charged, a body. He was charged also with like, um, preventing neg- the decent and lawful burial. That yeah. was the charge um, that he pled guilty to. But isn't there isn't there a charge of like neglect? That basically you can be held accountable if you're in dangerous circumstances with somebody. And you didn't like intervene? They, yeah. Well, he was sentenced well. to 10 months in prison. Um, and he was uh, ordered to undergo a two-year drug rehabilitation program. And he basically said in the aftermath that like his condition has stabilized since. I fully understand my beloved wife of 19 years has died and I am devastated by her death. I do not have a very coherent recollection of the events leading up to and since Ava's death, save to assure you that I never wished her or done her any harm. I did not supply her with drugs. I've been traumatized since her death. I did not feel able to confront the reality of her death. I tried to carry on as if her death had not happened. I batted away inquiries about her. I took some measures to reduce the smell. I believe in the period since she died, I have suffered some form of breakdown. Oh my God. That's very sad. Isn't it? Yeah. And um, so, as I said, he was sentenced for delayed lawful uh, burying. And obviously it rocked their kind of social circle. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, like it sort of it seems like he went into this kind of state almost like a small child where he couldn't compute the reality of his situation. Mm. And I think 
that's why when the guy, like when the police said, where's your wife? It, all it took was one thing like that to kind of break it. Yeah. Um, like it's possible he even went out, like, cause he didn't go out. He was a recluse. It's possible yeah. he even went out to, to almost to, to, kind of yeah, draw attention somewhat to raise an alarm. Like it's, it's a fucking tragedy. Like it's, it's really sad. And um, so uh, he has remarried since. That's right. Um, he the married. Daily Mail keep a close. They keep eye a on close him. eye on his goings on. So he's married um, since uh, June 2014, and um, I mean, I think like he certainly leads leads a quiet life or attempts to, but his sister, in an interesting move is publishing a memoir um, about her brother and sister-in-law, which is not what memoirs are, to my understanding. That's pretty mm. shitty, isn't it? Well, it's really, really bizarre. So basically, Hans's sister um, owns um, a big publishing company. And, um, excuse me, her name is Sigrid. And her memoir is called Mayhem. And... It's apparently about Hans and Ava and obviously Ava's father condemned the uh, book saying it was self-indulgent and it would greatly harm and upset the family and he had spent 18 months trying to prevent the publication of Mayhem because he felt that the depiction of the couple and their family was like totally distorted. I mean, it definitely seems just... A gross thing to do. Yeah, why? What? It's not like she needs a few bobs. She just wants a bit of attention. Well, so, quote from Mayhem. Sigrid, the author, says, I write knowing that writing at all may be seen as a betrayal of family, a shaming, exploitative act. Anyone reading this who thinks so, please know that I thought it before you. Anyone reading this who thinks so, consider also how we were brought up. Wealth, privacy, silence, and discretion. <sighs> So, so what's the reason for writing it? It doesn't say. It just says, I acknowledge this is a shitty move. So here we go. I mean, I mean, I think that it, I'm sure that her kind of, her kind of justification is, is probably to shine a light on, you know, what addiction can do to a family and to people. And I think that you can argue that side of something like that. But yeah, if it's your, if, if it's, it's your, your story, story. Tell, and it's, if it's your experience of it, but like you can't as a, as a bystander comment on somebody's addiction. I, it sounds, possibly. although like yeah. I would like to read the book. I think that she though Don't, was pretty involved in that. I think she may have had, a lot to do with Ava and Hans's children being um, removed from that situation. Okay. Even worse. Well, or is it? I don't know. Like, she needed to get them out of there. Yeah, but she didn't need to write a book about it. Well. Need. The, the book's out. Mayhem. Any reviews? Is it um, on Amazon? It probably... Is there an audiobook? Is it, who reads the audiobook? Um, let's see... Oh, there's no internet connection. 
Not to worry. Not to worry. Great story. I remember it. Yeah. I remember same. being enthralled in yeah. it as it was happening. Oh, it's just yeah. absolutely tragic. Thanks anyway, for that, thank you. Anyway. We never did the top, bottom, up, top. We did. Follow right. us at The Creep Dive. Support or us on Patreon. Dive Creep if you want a little something spicy. Oh, yeah. Twitter. Twitter. If you would like to receive Twatter. a tote, please become a patron. Oh, may I shout out to Lisa Cohen, who reminded me of poor Ava and Hans. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Thank, Thank you, Lisa. Lisa. Um, Wait, now, one more thing. Subscribe. Subscribe to us on iTunes. So you can be- get a tote by becoming a patron. You can win a tote if we choose you for a review of the week. And you can also now win a tote if you send us a screenshot of you subscribing to the podcast. Cassie. Cassie, no. How many, too many totes. fucking totes are <laughs> flying out here? Guys, I just, I learned that if you subscribe to the podcast, you, if you get more subscribers, we rank higher. So we need to push people to subscribe. Okay, if you haven't subscribed, just hit subscribe. Okay, there's 9,000 of you, so there should be 9,000 subscribers. Just go and on if to iTunes, not hit subscribe. You are dead to us. And if you and have we're an iPhone. pile a bunch of coats on top of you and sprinkle Oh my, my God, Graham, that's a threat. If you, <laughs> if you have an iPhone and you, Listen on some other app. Go to iTunes and subscribe to it there anyway. Thank so you. So it's iTunes, is it? So it doesn't matter if you subscribe on Stitcher. Well, it, I just want to get us back in the charts because it made me feel good about myself. No other reason than like I want to be a chart topper. That's true. See you next week. Thank bye. you. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.